in the podcast, Find It. Today I have with me Dr. Hud Berry, who is a longtime parishioner at St. John's Cathedral and sings in the choir. Uh, Hud and I, along with his wife Raleigh, traveled to England with the yeah. choir a number of years ago. Yeah. Hud is an orthopedic surgeon, and he has been traveling numerous times to Ukraine. So he's here today to talk about his experience with Med Global out of Chicago. Med Global does heroic work in difficult areas of the world, and they are currently on their way to Gaza. Uh, where else have they they're been? On, they're on the ground in Gaza. They're on now. the ground in Gaza. And uh, Bangladesh, uh, Colombia, Syria, um, any place that there's, you know, they're sort of like Doctors Without Borders, but with all of the Frenchness around it. <laughs> all of the Frenchness. Um, and they're, um, uh, they're the Dr. Zahir Salul is the uh, head of it, and he is an, an, an I think, critical care doc from Chicago. The medical director is Narina Med, and she is uh, Bangladeshi heritage. Uh, so there's a whole mixture of, of folks with this. That's wonderful. Right. It sounds like a yeah. beautiful uh, it, mission. It, it, it's, it's, they, they, they do good work. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of NGOs that are doing lots of work. and So you try to figure out who's going to fit you best. Right. So, Hud, tell us, first of all, um, as a... As a person of faith, how did you become aware of the fact that you felt called to Ukraine? What came to you? How did that happen? Well, um, I grew up in the Army. Raleigh grew up in the Army. Um, we met through the Army. Our folks were both stationed in Panama. I was a freshman in medical school, and she was a college senior in Bowling Green. and. <coughs> We'd lived in the same places, but at different times. Um, and so, you know, the Army sent me to medical school. I was an artillery officer first. And then um, and then I spent the first part of my career, uh, first 25 years in the Army. Um, and I'd done all sorts of operational stuff through um, in and out of South America and Central America and was uh, uh, had a hospital in Desert Storm and also went back in Iraq in 2008. And So you and did for, a lot of medicine and war in yeah, war. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I've taken care of wounded warriors all my life. Wow. And, and uh, I don't think there's any greater calling for that. And, um, and I know what... What, what bad people the Russian leaders are. And um, right now, um, I mean, I can't take care of their soldiers, but I can help those who are taking care of their warriors. And, um, and I'm not sure who said it, it was Edmund Burke or some other philosopher, that the only thing necessary for evil to succeed is for good men to do nothing. Mm. And I can't sit on the sidelines, so... Good for um, you, good for you. So that's what I'm trying to do. So tell us, maybe you can give us a few particular experiences. I mean, we have heard the things in the news, so we get a distant, broad view perspective on Ukraine. Give us some stories about things that you encountered, specific events that you've encountered in your time over there. Well, um, 
I think one of the things people ask me, well, I mean, uh, is it safe over there? And says, well, no, no place safe is when the Russians are launching rockets and missiles uh, indiscriminately and targeting civilian populations. You know, we hear, you, know, you hear, you know, the explosions of the, the rockets and the first night, first night I was in Ukraine. <laughs> You know, you go over and, and I wasn't <clears throat> really knowing what to expect. And I had a, a Kevlar vest and uh, carried a helmet with me because I thought there might be an opportunity to go farther east, but it didn't happen. Uh, and it was a long day of traveling. And so, I said, so they showed us where the bomb shelter was and everything else. And so <laughs> the first night we had a couple of air raids, and I just slept right through them. <laughs> Did you really? You didn't even get out of bed? Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, when life goes on, um, uh, the, the trip in September, I went with an interfaith group. So we had <clears throat> Dr. Salul went with us and his wife, who are Muslim. We had... Uh, a Muslim imam from Chicago. We had a fellow who was the vice president of the Muslim Association of North America and his wife. We had a Jewish professor from Johns Hopkins who's involved with human rights. Uh, we had a, an internist from New York City who's also a Greek Orthodox priest. Mm with us. We had other people who were involved with uh, things. And, and one, of the, one of the stops we made was to Bucha and, uh, and that where the Russians were. And it's just, you, you see where they just massacred uh, whole families. One of the most poignant parts of it was they have a memorial wall they they had a mass grave for these victims and they had a memorial wall set up. the 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 bodies had all been reburied uh, after it was take after it was retaken, but they've got these plaques on the wall, and they had uh, one there a woman who was born in I think. 2020 or 1922 and right underneath that was probably her great-granddaughter who was born in 2022 oh boy so someone uh, killed a baby oh the, yeah they yeah. they it's they're they're, they're monsters so yeah. what is driving this how are how do you think that normal human soldiers you think of the average person in Russia what is being told to them that they've become so so deranged that they would be willing to kill a baby how does that happen well, it's just like the like the Nazis before them or the Russians before them or the communists uh, that that's they're not real people they're they're, they're dehumanized. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's a propaganda effort, um, and there's always when you have the uh, patriarch, um, 
in Moscow. He, he fled Ukraine. He was the head of the Russian Orthodox Church. And now the Ukrainian Orthodox Church has broken away from him and, and uh, it's Patriarch Kirill. Um, and he's justifying the killing as being, you know, um, a, a worthy, uh, a worthy goal, you know. Goodness they're, gracious, they're, gosh, they're, the they're, church is so disappointing, God. Well, it's yeah. hard, hard to hear, yeah. But it's, uh, you know, um, I mean, when you go back and you look at Ukraine's history, Ukraine has been stepped on, and colonized, and occupied, you know, by all sorts of uh, nations through it. So it was under, it was, part of it was under Poland, part of it was, under, it was, it was occupied for a long time by the Austro-Hungarian. The Germans came in, the Russians came in. You can't forget that Stalin killed 30 million Ukrainians during the, uh, uh, during the 30s with the famine. Yeah. That uh, and 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 yet these people uh, are resilient. They're upbeat. They're hopeful. Um, it's incredible, isn't it? How, in a sense, sometimes when you're encountering the worst of humanity, you also encounter the best. It's almost as if yeah. the light and the darkness separate yeah. in a way. Uh, absolutely. It 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 is. Uh, this is an existential crisis. And right now, Ukraine is fighting our fight. They are fighting the fight for freedom against tyranny. Um, it is, and, and it's basically Western democratic ideals uh, against uh, forces of, of oppression. Uh, and totalitarian rule it's interesting that Putin went in there to, quote, you know, uh, save Russian-speaking people. But then you forget that when the <clears throat> Russia occupied all of Eastern Europe after the Second World War, everybody had to learn Russian. Right. So, I mean, and it wasn't Russian people, it was Russian. And then when that didn't work, he said, well, it's to denazify uh, Ukraine. Well, I mean, the president of Ukraine is a, is a Jew. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's all of all of his arguments fall. And he said, well, he didn't want to uh, uh, Ukraine to to go to NATO. Well, I mean, NATO has never started a war. NATO is strictly a defensive uh, effort. Mm -hmm. But what he did do was he got. Uh, Sweden and Finland off, off, and and they they join NATO. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, there's uh, and and what what I think is part of what led to Hamas doing their October seventh attack uh, you know, on Israel is a, an event to draw attention away from Ukraine. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and because the, the Russian the Russian fingers are all over that, hmm. them and around. Um, so I mean, it's it's overwhelming, Hud. It's overwhelming. Tell us, for from the perspective of people who may not be doctors or have military background, 
what what can we do? Um, what should we do uh, at this point? Well, I think. Other than pray, I should say. Well, of we that's well, that that's uh, that's absolutely at the top of the list. Right. Um, you know, so this last trip, I I was invited to give a paper at their 150-year-old scientific society, and I went with a couple other guys who were involved with that, and uh, then we went to some hospitals for the rehab. And I've been to hospitals in Lviv, which is the largest city in the West, and then uh, Kiev, which is their capital, which is kind of in the middle of the country. And they're just overwhelmed with uh, amputees and soldiers. And, and there are, most of the hospitals are old, uh, from the old Soviet days, uh, from what they call the Soviet era. Um, and the surgeons in the hospitals are, are, are good, but they're kind of overwhelmed. Of um, um, I think one inspiring uh, stop we made was at their Paralympic Center uh, down in the Carpathian Mountains, because historically, although um, people down in Florida probably don't know what biathlon is unless they've come from other places. I mean, it's cross-country skiing and it's uh, and it's a rifle uh, competition, uh, basically based on what Finland did when the Russians and many people don't know the Russians invaded Finland during the Second World War, mm, yeah. and the Finns fought them off. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and um, and so the 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 Finns or the the Ukrainians are just world class. This is one of their sports, along with cross country skiing. And so they were. This is where the Paralympic uh, center was. But it was also where they got a lot of their um, recovering soldiers. You know, one of the hospitals I went to in Kiev. Um, uh, they they went through all the wards and I spent some time with each one of their services and um, you know their their pediatric service uh, sixty to seventy percent of their patients on their pediatric service were wounded soldiers. Wow. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of we 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 cannot let Ukraine down mm. because. If we and and Putin has said this, and so have his lackeys, um, that they're not going to stop with Ukraine. They've got no intent. Putin wants to recreate the Soviet Empire. You know, he was a KGB thug, um, and you know his his. The world has an opportunity now that it missed in the 1930s. Mm -hmm. when we had an opportunity to stop Hitler and we didn't. Mm -hmm. um, so instead of Hitler, you have Putin, and instead of Japan, you have China. Yeah. Well, then we also throw in, you know, that we've got Iran in there, mm -hmm. and you got North Korea in there. Mm -hmm. um, and so this, this basically is, is, is good, good versus evil. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we, if we don't stop them now, um, I think it's our opportunity to send. I don't want. I don't want us spilling our blood there. 
I don't want them spilling their blood there either, but we should support them uh, in their in their efforts with whatever we can. I've, I've taken um, uh, I've taken medical supplies over mm-hmm. with me. Uh, this next trip, the the fellow I go with is uh, Mike Samatoka, who's first generation Ukrainian and grew up in Buffalo, New York, and uh, went to uh, Ukrainian school on Saturdays and learned and speaks fluent Ukrainian. And, oh, that's good. And so he's a, he's a fellow who I've kind of, he was my initial contact with this. Um, and his, I think his mother's family is from a town called Kramatorsk and their hospital just got hit. Wow. And so... You know, we don't hear about it as much in the news. It's like people have gotten exhausted. Plus, they're um, focusing on Gaza, like you said. Yeah, um, I mean, and there's... Well, our... And this is what Putin is relying on, is that our attention span in the West is so short. Yeah. And we take... You know, we take it from a day-to-day perspective... But he and the and the Chinese play the long game. Mm-hmm. I think this has terribly backfired on them. I mean, they've <clears throat> estimates are that he has lost eighty percent of the army that he started out with the war with. Wow! Wow! That's there wild. have over three hundred and fifty thousand know, casualties on the Russian side. Wow! Um, but you know, again, they don't care. They don't care about their troops. Uh, this is very much like the Tsarist Russia, and, uh, and instead of the princes, you've got the oligarchs. Mm. And it'll only keep rolling until the oligarchs get hurt bad enough, or the population gets hurt bad enough, or you've got enough body bags coming back. But, you know, when you control the sources of information, people only hear one message. Yeah, and that's right. the message you want them to hear. So one one thing we could do is is at the cathedral just have a fund that that is at your discretion to to go with you over to Ukraine. Um, if people want to make a donation, uh, if you write um, to St. John's Cathedral, but you put Ukraine or Hudbury in the memo section, we can make sure that whatever equipment or funds need to get over there with HUD yeah. can go. That's one thing that we can do. Well, I've um, I've been I've, I've spent a lot of my own money funding funding these trips and and donating uh, to this cause. And in March, um, the end of March, I'm I'm looking to take a team over. There's a, a prosthetist in town by the name of Mike Richard, who's uh, his company is Advanced Prosthetic and Orthotics, uh, and uh, he and I have worked very closely together for years, and so one of the things that I want to do is take him over with me, along with uh, one of our rehab doctors, uh, Howard Weiss, who's from over at Brooks, uh, to go over and and show them one of the you know one of the one of the key things with dealing with situations like this is that you can't go in and say you're people you're doing it wrong this is the way you need to do it um, and I've had to go in in situations where I'm following somebody who 
did that, and it takes you a couple of weeks just to let them know that you're not a jerk yeah. like the last yeah, guy. Trust and so this, yeah, it's it's you know, it's just, yeah, and and most of the time people know what they don't have, mm-hmm. and so they make the best of what they, and and it's um, so it says not that you're doing it wrong, but this is how I've done it, and I, I think it, and it's it's worthy of your looking. I'm not trying to to tell anybody how to do anything. I'm just showing them a way that I've done it that's worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is I've got a. A uh, medical school classmate who is uh, one of the world's experts in brain injury medicine, and so one of their issues is that they've got they've got a tremendous number of, of brain injured patients and um, PTSD and mental sure. and, and mental health issues throughout 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 the society because everybody's involved. You don't know when you're you know, if a rocket's going to get you, mm. you know, and the Russians have stepped up the, and the Russians are, are trying to break the will of the Ukrainian people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you hear all these, these news things that it's, a, that, that it's a stalemate, it's a failure, it's all of that, but you've got to remember that Ukraine has taken back a lot of that territory that, that was originally given up and they're a third of the size of of uh, of Russia, and they don't have, and, and they're still coming out of the of the Soviet era. Yeah, it's remarkable and, their their and, resilience, and, their and strength. And what happened, and and America is 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 really at fault for this current situation. And why is that? Well. When the Soviet Union fell apart, there were lots of nuclear weapons that were in Ukraine. And we uh, convinced the Ukrainians to give up their nuclear weapons in exchange for our assurances that we would protect them. Mm. Um, and, And when they went, you know, this has been going on for a long time. I mean, actually, this war started in 2014, when the Russians uh, and they've been manipulating this, and they took Crimea, they took the part of the Donbas, um, and but but we let we America let Ukraine down when we assured them that we would stand by them. Right. You know, so their blood is on our hands as well. Um, now that was two administrations ago, um, but you know it's. Yeah, I, I, I just you, you, you keep trying to be positive. Yeah. That that this is the that you're you're fighting the the correct fight. Yes. Yes. Well, HUD, we can't thank you enough for what you're doing over there and for your courage and for your willingness to go into the, into the heat um, and to do good work. Uh, we go with you, and um, we're very proud of you. Um, and we will continue to pray for you and also to, um, to make donations and to try to think of other ways yeah. that we can assist yeah. in this effort. 
what I'm looking for is ways to continue to be a voice. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we have, <clears throat> we get so caught up in our own lives and focused on our short term that we really don't have, we really don't, don't, um, don't appreciate uh, our freedoms and our guess I mean, we're, we're kind of protected by two oceans historically, but that doesn't matter really much anymore as 9-11 showed us. Yeah. Um, so we are, we are at risk and, um, you know, I, I, I don't worry about it so much for me because, you know, <laughs> I've only got a lot, you know, I'm 73, 70, you know, 73 years old and, um, but I worry for my children and my grandchildren and what kind of world they're going to have. Yeah. And I worry that if we faced an existential crisis like Ukraine is, is there enough resolve and courage left in America to answer the call? And I struggle with that question all the time. I mean, you know, I, I went to West Point and it was, you know, I wasn't very happy there. Uh, but, you know, parts, the, the, the good parts have stayed with me is that basically America is a, is a good, honest country we have our faults, as everybody does, um, but we've been a bastion of, of freedom uh, in this world, and and I I don't want to see us lose that. Yeah, me too, me too. Well, let's say a prayer together, Hud, and thank Amen. you for being with us. Almighty God, we ask you to bless Hud in his travels and in his ministry over there in Ukraine. We ask you to give that country the strength uh, to defend themselves and give this country the commitment and fortitude to stand with them. We ask you to bring freedom and light into this world more and more um, and to bring us peace. This we pray in the name of Jesus, your son. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ed. Thank you for joining me in the podcast, Find It. Remember that if you keep searching for the divine presence, you will find it. I want to invite you, if you're interested in hearing more of these podcasts, to subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button and you will be informed of new episodes. And before we part ways, I pray that God will bless you and hold you, give you peace. Until we meet again.